again and welcome to episode number 24 of chat grapple and cheap pops podcast uh, episode 24 key for sutherland's favorite number right yes correct dude yeah. who fucking would have thought we'd have made it to 24 bro like exactly um damn i am your co-host jb and with me he's the man who's known as possibly the english answer to jim Cornette. it's chris dredd Fuck yeah, dude. I'll take that moniker. Fuck that. I won't be going to Wendy's anytime soon, but fuck, I'll take that. <laughs> How are you, man? You're yes, right. Dude. I'm all right, mate. How are you? It's uh, uh, been a tough week again this week, isn't it? It's been a slog. It's, yeah, it's been, been a tough week. Um, I was just saying to Chris before we started, I've literally finished work, had a quick change and sort out, and here we are. It's Sunday night. It's just before Survivor Series, so we're not going to say too much about it because, you know, we're not clairvoyant. We don't know what's going to happen. But, no. yeah, we're, we're here. We're back. Thank you to everyone and anyone who, all our new subscribers. There's quite a few. Howdy, howdy. We, we are, uh, you know, we in, in the you, last... You yeah, the it's bell. been working. Touch the bell. And we're going to say it again. We, we, in the last week, we have, we have, we've gained so many subscribers and it's amazing. Um, we, every time we get a new subscriber, we jizz a little bit, let alone however many we, we've got this week. I mean, it's been absolutely fantastic. So obviously last week, um, us telling people to touch our bell has obviously worked. So please guys, it is free. Um, subscribe to us like we said before we don't want to take your money we've got no patreon we don't ask for no donations or we've got no paid for content but we do want youtube's advertising revenue we do want that money fuck youtube we want their money we don't want your lovely guys money um so please touch our bells subscribe get us up to that magical number and then we will be even happier than we are now the preceding announcement where you know Chris just said "fuck you," YouTube was brought to you by Chris Dredd. <laughs> it's it's, it's like every time, every time I mention Sable, it's like he's got to, he's got to say his little disclaimer to Brock. Like, but it's fine. I'm I, knocking I, at I, my door. Jesus, yeah, that's right. man, it's all good, man. Yeah. Shit, it's all um, good. It's all good. You know, yeah. We thank everyone that listened in to last week's show, King of the Ring '94. If you haven't seen it already, it's a very Owen Hart centric episode. You know, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of other people did as well. They've commented, they've liked it, they've you know told us, they've messaged us, you know, and you know it was good. It was great fun. Um, today's episode WCW Starcade nineteen ninety three is very different. It's not. It's definitely not the King of the Ring. It's it's, it's so, we're just saying like before we come on, on live, like it's such a strange show for me. It's a weird one, man. It's like. You know, it's the 10th anniversary of Starcade, which is obviously a huge event. Uh, but it's a very, very weird pay-per-view. Um, it's got some very strange moments. It's it's like a little bit of a dream world because you've got this kind of WWF 
WCW kind of crossover, a few faces that you've seen previously in WWF that are now in WCW. Remember, this is 1993. So, you know, we've got a few people like Jesse Ventura. Um, We've got people like Mean Gene who have just literally jumped ship. So, yeah, man, it's a a really weird... um, weird pay-per-view but we're here for all your 90s pay-per-view needs it is chris dread jb and this is chat grapple and cheap pops uh episode 24 but we've got some news bro right we got we're gonna uh, cover yeah, a bit um, of, as always as always we have some news this part of our show is brought to you by nobody because we don't have any sponsors um, <laughs> our news today is is like i said we haven't you know survivor series hasn't happened yet you know, this show will likely go out after Survivor Series, but it hasn't happened, so we can only take guesses at what we're gonna, what we're gonna see on that show. It is Undertaker's farewell slash retirement. Is there another Boneyard match in his future, though? Man, I don't know. I mean, it, it's weird. Like, I've had, it, I've seen a few people moaning because. Um, the Undertaker's been doing like a, a, a media tour, it seems. He's been doing a lot of interviews, but kind of not really as Undertaker, but as Mark Calloway. He's been really out of character, like, you know, a British reference for our for our British viewers. He was on Good Morning Britain the other day. It was fucking weird, man. You've got who, like who the Undertaker. Who the questions? Was it Piers? No, no, it was, it was the entertainment guy, the oh, fucking... Okay. Um, but yeah, it would have been cool to have Piers Morgan like interviewing him. But it was just weird, like you know, watching the Undertaker on um, on Good Morning Britain. But I've I've, I've heard loads of people like I, I hate to say, smart marks. I've had loads of them moaning saying, "Oh, this is diminishing to the Undertaker's legacy." Seeing him doing all these interviews, kind of out of character, and it's fucking oh, it's really really bad. Like you know, what's he doing, kind of thing. And it's like. I, I just, I'm speechless, mate. I I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm listening to Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker on the Broken Skull Sessions. It's a two-hour episode. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I love hearing these stories, man. Like, you know, the, the guy's been living a gimmick for 30 years, yeah? 30 years. Allow him to 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 breathe. Do you know what I mean? Like, allow it, man. Um, is he going to have another match in the future? Yes. Probably, yes. I think um, it's more likely to be something like a Boneyard match that, you know, you can take a few shortcuts, you know, cinematic stuff, you can have breaks and all that. It, I think it I think it works. You know, the, the one with AJ was excellent, spectacular. So why not try I mean, another one? What, why not, bro? Like, he's yeah. still a brand. He can still draw. Um, he can, you know, fucking... <laughs> don't. I'm going to start going off in a rant already. <laughs> but he... he don't, can, don't worry. You know, he can draw, man. He's the undertaker. Um, next up, uh, this is a quick one. 22nd of November, 2010. Now, this is 10 years ago to the day. Miz cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase to win the WWE title. It is the 22nd of November, 2020. Long-term booking? 10 years <laughs> since. Is he going to win it again tonight? Fucking who knows, man. Yeah. As they say in wrestling, never say never. You know Obviously, what I mean? There is a way to do it. You know, you have Roman beat the hell out of Drew after the match, leave Drew laying, Miz comes in, cashes in, done. That's right. <laughs> um, 
I think you've got one next, Chris. What's that? I mean, bit of to talk about, yeah. Uh, what what was we talking about? What was it going to be? Um, I've got a few things that I was talking about. Um, a couple of stories from the week, in particular, there was the uh, alleged bullying story. Yeah, that went online. Yes. Um, it's a it's a weird one. This story, man. Pure, purely because we don't want to get into trouble. We're just gonna we're gonna gloss. I think it just makes yeah, we'll sense. Gloss. You know, there was there was a bullying story regarding a production company that works with AEW. You know, slightly implicating Cody, slightly. You know, saying you know a few things like the guy that Cody didn't like the guy, and you know, it's all allegations. The reaction to it, on the other hand, is yeah. a bit strange. But this not is, so surprising. Yeah, th- but but this, like you're saying, it's more the reaction to it than the story itself. Now, no matter what this guy, you know, he's had a few dodgy tweets and that people have said that, um, you know, DDP chucked him out the accountability crib for fucking with Jake or whatever, um, blah, 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 blah. But it's more like the, 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 the initial dismissal of any kind of, bad words that could ever be said about AEW again it's like without any kind of investigation or anything just straight away nah fuck that man it couldn't have happened look at this guy well, he's a prick. My, my problem with it was it was about you know the story was about you know bullying to a point the first thing these people did when they were trying to defend you know their leaders was start bullying the guy Talking well, about how you know his weight and his beard and stuff like that. That's not cool. Don't insult a guy. Like just you either believe it or you don't. But dude, don't yeah, don't start it, that. It, that's the thing. It's it's this whole fucking and let's not forget as well. We've spoken about this. Kylie Ray had a pretty bad experience with some AEW fans in general, basically mocking her body shape and stuff like that. I mean. We've had the conversation privately about certain things, and we, you know, T- TNA fans were never really this toxic towards. We, yeah, we mentioned this, like TNA fans in particular. This is something we just, you know, we were just riffing, really, like yeah, in conversation. I've been on social media for a long time, and I've never seen TNA fans get this crazy, this defensive. Never. Yeah, it's they talk about, you know cults man but the cult of AEW is increasingly worrying because I mean we've spoken about how we wanted AEW to be great we really wanted it to do well but the problem is AEW is trying too much to pop the boys and pop the marks and it's only appealing to like a small demographic of wrestling fans like for example I'm a figure collector. You can see behind me, I collect figures. Jordan is a figure collector. He's got a fucking huge collection. But the the, the problem is, right, AEW, the only people that are buying the AEW figures are grown men. 
There ain't no kids buying them figures. I'm like, sure there's kids that have got them, you know. I don't think so, the bro. AEW is targeted towards a slightly older demographic. It people. is. And, they and, you about know, it every time they win a few points in the ratings over it. So. That's right. And But, you know, it, I mean, you can only go so far with such a narrow demographic. And I know they're trying to be so hip and cool. They've got a lot of swearing and this, that and the other. But they're only appealing to a very small audience to, to in order to survive long term they have got to diversify the people that are watching it so very quickly do you remember when I think maybe last week or the week before I was talking about AEW and how the problem with their booking is I think they're letting the boys do too much without any kind of they're having they're letting the wrestlers have too much creative control did you do you remember me saying that I yeah, think it we, was yeah, last week we touched on it yeah talking about Moxley and the MJF match. And basically he's just, you know, that they nearly turned MJF, their hottest heel uh, in the company. They almost gave him a face turn during the match because the booking of the match was so bad, okay? This is the problem. This is straight from the horse's mouth. This is from the, the fucking golden boy messiah, John Moxley, okay? Straight from his mouth. Uh, th- this is a quote as well, and I quote, Everybody can just be whatever, uh, whoever they want to be, do whatever they want to do, whatever different style or presentation or whatever it is with Darby Allen or Orange Cassidy or Lucha Brothers or me or whoever. There's not like a, oh, well, they like this. You don't have to go into the office and pitch. Can I do this thing I want to do? You can pretty much do whatever you want. It's not like we're just running around doing whatever we want, but kind of. Kind of everybody is feeling totally free. I was describing it earlier. It's almost like dynamite. It's almost like one giant jam band session. End quote. Now, do you remember what happened to a specific company when you let wrestlers decide ultimately everything that's going on inside the ring? We know what happened. It went down the shitter, right? Yeah, it's... I mean, that's... that's, For me, that's not a great quote. That's like... That's, that's that's lunatic. Really not helpful. It's not, bro. You've got to have a balance, okay? People take the piss out of WWE for having X amount of writers and having all this creative team and everything like that. Fine. That system may be broken. It might not work well. You've got to find a balance between the boys having an input in what's going on in their matches, but ultimately someone's got to have control and say, right, no, this is what is happening. Um, you know, this is what, you know, we need to do uh, during the match. You know, this is what, um, well, you know. Th- I, this I, is... I put it this way. They they need a boss, not a friend. A hundred percent, bro. But again, we've got to agree with Corny where, to the point where Tony Khan is just in, in a little circle jerk. Like, basically, he's excited that he's around all these wrestlers and he's just kind of loving it. But my man is not a booker. Who's booking this, man? Who's, you know, who's ultimately in control? It's... Kevin Kevin Sullivan's involved, I believe. No, stop it. I, I heard that somewhere. Oh, that Kevin Sullivan's involved in, in video packages and stuff. Oh, dear. Booker man, you know? It's, yeah. But, but this is the thing. I read that quote, okay, and it was it was on a it was a I'll give them a shout out. They don't need a shout out. They've got a massive following. But WrestleMania, 
People know who WrestleMania is, yeah. right? And it was a WrestleMania video, and it was something like 10 things that AEW lets their wrestlers do that WWE doesn't, or something like that, yeah? And that, that was the quote that Moxley said there. But like you said, that is not a good thing. You, you Obviously, the boys need some kind of input but that quote basically says they're allowed to do whatever they want in their matches it's like a, a no one's no one's saying right this is the path you can do kind of bits and bobs either side of the path but ultimately this is a this is b and this is c like this is where we're going you get what i'm saying yeah. and this is why i think it's disappointing um, with what's going on in AEW and it's like we shit on it every week but more every week we, we, we're just seeing more stuff you know that is coming out you know we don't know what's going on with this video package guy but it's just allowed me to have another look into AEW and watch a few more bits and bobs about what's going on and ultimately find out a little bit more information and that more information is exactly what I said last week that the, the the lunatics are running the asylum. There's no one really in control. The boys are just doing whatever they want. And that's why sometimes the matches are fucking booked like shit. Because everyone's trying to get over. Super kick, please. Yeah, well, that, everyone's just trying to get themselves over. It's like, you know, like Moxley, a great example in that match with MJF and Moxley. If anything, MJF, it should have been the other way around. Instead of Moxley just wanting to act like a big tough guy and beating the fuck out of MJF the whole match, it should have been the opposite way around. MJF and Wardlow should have been cheating behind the referee's back, beating the crap out of him, you know, really cheating, doing battering him. And then the comeback should have been from Moxley because that will really show how tough he is. But yeah. in, they did it the other way around because Moxley's trying to act like this big tough guy. You know, it's the, the, the psychology is wrong, the booking's wrong, and it's because there's no one in charge. Sorry, Khan, your football team's going down the shitter. You know, don't let your wrestling get, get like, they're not your well, friends, they're your employees, fam. Someone someone did make a point, you know, the, the Premier League team, Fulham, not doing so great, uh, lost again today. Uh, the NFL team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're what, one and eight or something like that? Yeah. Or one and I don't know, like their records poor. Um, yeah. They, you know, they're probably going to lose again tonight. I think they're playing right now. Um, yeah, it's. We'll move on. It, like, like I say, we we don't do this because we like it. We we are. It's just our opinion. That's how we see you it. You know. Yeah. We're not, we, we're we not just book someone's show. We'll never do. No, it. we're not going to book no one's show. You know, we 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 we're not that fucking arrogant to do it. But anyway, we'll move on from AEW. There, there was another story about WWE though. You hear about this yes. as well? WWE settled out of court with a was it a pension fund? It was <laughs> no. It was basically they they valued their their certain amount of stock for uh, they overvalued it and they yeah. sold like three hundred and ninety million or two hundred and eighty million dollars. In between, that's like three hundred million dollars worth of stock, yeah. Um, and they overvalued it, and they settled out of court for like thirty-nine million. But basically, the insurance has paid for that. Yeah, so um, they've so. they've got away with one, really. Well, yeah, insurance, insurance <laughs> is paying for it, and it's technically they're they're not admitting any guilt or anything because it's a, you know, it's a voluntary settlement, but all that stuff. So, I mean, on paper, they've. They're trying to avoid guilt, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, really? Yeah. They wouldn't do that, would they? 
because no. see look we shit on wwe too man don't fucking get it twisted man where there's where there's blame there's a claim as i say <laughs> we fucking lay it down we don't give a shit and it's, um, I, think, I think that's it for news isn't it um, but also, there is a documentary uh, going on Netflix, I think. It's one of the most highest-paid documentaries coming out, and it's going to be uh, following... It's like a, a WWE documentary following Vince McMahon around. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, oh, fun. boy. It won't be wrestling with shadows, but uh, it will no. It will probably be like a fluff piece, because I think... Uh, I, I get that feeling it's going to be more fluff than reality. Yeah, no, of course, of Which course. Could, yeah. could be a real shame. Yeah. Um. Briefly moving on to, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, you will see the poster um, of the show that we're covering today, which is Starcade 93. Now, this is not our main event. This was meant to be our main event, but obviously things got changed. Sid, before the main event took place, was fired um, by WCW. This is because... In Blackburn, of all places, in the UK, you know, I, I, I'll shout out Blackburn. Why not? Shout out Blackburn Rovers, this is, man, all day long. Where, this is where it happened. Sid got into a fight with Double A Arn Anderson, um, where both guys end up with stab wounds due to scissors being used. Um, as far as you know, a few people <laughs> have said in you know in their their shoot interviews and stuff. From what I could surmise, it was that Sid was saying that Flair needed to step step aside. Everyone had been drinking. Everyone was, you know, out of sorts. They're all like they'd been travelling for, you know, a good ten to twelve hours. Everyone's, you know, off their nut at this point. So what happens when you got a Blackburn? People, get <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Arn and Sid got got into an argument. They went back to their rooms. Sid decided to break off a chair leg and was going to go and hit him over the head with it. Arn picked up scissors in defence, and both guys got a, well. Both guys got hold of the scissors and had puncture wounds. Um, no charges were ever filed. Um, neither man wanted to press charges. I guess they just wanted to get back, you know, home. And you know, they have since then settled their differences. They are friendly towards each other. Um, in this case, though, Sid would be fired, and Arn would be suspended. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> someone, I think, I think Arn might have had someone looking out for him there in the, uh, in the office. I, I would, I would, I, I would think so. I think, uh, yeah, definitely he's got a couple of pals in the office there. Yeah. So it isn't Sid in our main event. Um, card subject to change, I guess. It, and it, but that is weird. And, but the, who's the man? That will rule the world. I fucking love that little tagline because obviously Vader was giving it who's the man and Sid was always like, man you know, I, he rules the world. It was a great tagline. This is a match made in heaven. Yeah, this, you this know? was meant to be Sid's you know, coronation. It was meant to be Sid's big night. And yeah. from what I have read, they did film stuff, you know, with Sid with the, with the title. You know, because mm. WCW would film, you know, shows in blocks and stuff. And this is what happened. Um, so yeah, no Sid in our main event, which is a shame because we all love Sid. Um, there's no Arn Anderson on the show either. I don't know whether he had a spot on the show anyway. And uh, there is another one who will not be on the show, but we'll get to that when we hit that point. That's right. Because we are at the Independence Arena 
in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, Charlotte is Ric Flair's adopted home. Yeah. I guess he, I don't, I don't think he was born there. And the same with uh, Ricky Steamboat. He, uh, he lived there as well. That's right. It, it used to be the, the Charlotte Coliseum. They used to call yeah. it the Charlotte Coliseum because the Hornets used to play there until they built another place. So 8,200 in attendance, apparently only 7,000 paid. Um, 115,000 pay-per-view buyers. That's not big. Nah. I mean, it's still bigger than... Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. Um, it is the 10th anniversary of Starcade. It is the 11th Starcade. So they've done it properly. They haven't just, you know, said, oh, it's 25. So it's the 25th anniversary. That's not how it works. No. Um, we have a, fl- a fl- Ric Flair and Vader promo to start, you know, with pictures of Flair as a, as a little boy and stuff like that. You know, fairly decent promo to get us started. But um, <laughs> Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura are our commentators. And straight yeah. away, we get a cheap pop from Jesse. Great. Fucking... F- and to be honest, I won't lie to you, I enjoy this I enjoy this pairing. I do enjoy... What is it? No, it's all right, man. Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body Ventura, as he calls him, which he probably said that he shouldn't have because it might have been copyrighted or whatever. But um, he says, no, you are Jesse the Body Ventura. Um, it, I, I was good. I, I enjoyed this pairing. It was it was pretty good during the night. Um, yeah, Jesse, Jesse would be gone, though, because once it was, you know, it let slip that Hogan was coming, Jesse was on his way out. Yep, yep. It's um there's a there's a whole I mean Jesse Ventura let let's just go in a little bit on Jesse Ventura because he's one of my favorite wrestling people of all time he really is yeah. he is someone who he really could talk um he knew what he had to do in the business um he knew what he had to do to get the movies um the running man is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah. Uh, you know, Jesse was very, very smart. He's very smart. And he, he, there's a lot of shoot interviews and a lot of interviews of him talking about the situation where he basically, for a certain WrestleMania, uh, Vince had to pay him quite a bit of money to get him on there because one of the cable companies or the TV companies said, look, when when they found out Jesse wasn't on there, for whatever reason, uh, they said, look, we paid to to view this because uh, we paid to air this because we were aware that Jesse Ventura was on the bill. And now you're telling me he's not going to be a part of it. So then cap in hand, they had to go to Jesse and then he was able to uh, get quite an elevated fee. So, you know, the guy knew what he was doing. And like I say, I mean, him and Hogan obviously weren't friends, were they? Jesse Ventura and, and the Hulkster. I mean, Jesse um, always blamed Hogan for being for snitching about unionizing. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, and and to be fair, he, he was probably right. Um, Jesse Ventura's had a very very crazy life as well. I mean, he's got a. Uh, I think he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of times. Um, re- really worth a listen. He's he, he was a Navy SEAL. He had run-ins with the. Um, the American sniper, the guy that was, you know, in the is really colourful character. But like I say, we'll get back to this. The life of Jesse Ventura was mental. He's a great character. Listen to any of his interviews that he's got online. Uh, he's got the conspiracy 
uh, show that he does as well, which is I've fucking incredible. Yeah, man, he, you know, he, he, he's brilliant. I, I love Jesse Ventura, but as wrestling goes, he's one of these characters that I just love. I love hearing him. He, 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 he excites me. So um, when I hear Jesse Ventura, it's all good in the hood. Uh, Vader and Harley arrive. They show them arriving at around 2 p.m. Uh, Vader works out as well. I mean, Vader's a big guy, right? He's... Dude, yeah. he's, he's wearing his, um, and if anybody knows about this, he's wearing his Ribera Steakhouse jacket, yes. when, he, jacket. when he turns up. And that is basically a nod to anybody who knows about the Ribera Steakhouse um, in Japan and how you get presented with a jacket when you're basically the shit. When you're, you know? yeah, when you're wrestling. When, 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 yeah, when you're the man in Japan, you get a Ribera Steakhouse jacket. Uh, Rick Flair says bye to his family because we have cameras in the Flair home uh, with Mean Gene. Um, and he, they uh, leave They leave for the arena in, you know, in a limo, of course. He tells, Gene, he tells Gene that he's worried, but he's got to prove that he's, he's the man. Because Rick's career's on the line. Yes. Um, and, and, I mean, this is, this is a weird time because... This is 1993, December. In September of 1993, WCW would leave the um, Wrestling Alliance, the NWA. So, it, and, and as we were talking before this, uh, there was some changes in backroom staff. There was changes in management. There was big things going on behind the scenes at this time. Yeah. And uh, Ric Flair had been... I was trying to work out yesterday when he finished his run in WWF, and I think yeah, he, he, he finished his run in January '93. It, it was it was January, so it was beginning of 1993. So now we are a year on, nearly from that. Yeah. So he had, he had a, I think he had a no compete clause as well, so he couldn't. He did. He yeah. Couldn't wrestle for a little while. But, he, but he, he was still on TV. He was still doing a few bits and Flair bobs. Flair for the gold segments, yeah. Flair for the gold, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah there was a, still a few bits and that, but there was a non-compete clause. And, and, clause. and this, this is like kind of, it's a weird one because he's been written in. Obviously, we were supposed to have Sid Vicious, a.k.a. Sid Justice, a.k.a. Yeah. Psycho Sid. Um, but we've ended up with Vader versus Ric Flair. And you know this is in Rick's. This is in Rick's house, man. This is Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, part. you've got Mean Gene going to his house. You're seeing the kids. You're seeing David Flair. You're seeing a young Charlotte. Um, you know, you see. It, it's crazy to see. Like, you know, there's a there's a future WWE Women's Champion just there. Yeah. You know, it's 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 crazy. This is 1993. So. It's, it's, it's all being played up, very emotional. And, I, and like I say, this is a weird time because Flair had come just a year from WWF. He's back in WCW. We've got Jesse Ventura, who was WWF through and through. Now he's in WCW. We've got Mean Gene Oakland, who was in WWF for many years. Now he's in WCW. I mean, let's be honest. If we're going to talk about weird, we're going to have to get to our first match. 100%, baby. I mean... In a dark match before the show, we will quickly just say Terry Taylor beat the Equalizer. Who cares? Um, they mentioned they mentioned yeah. that later on in the Rooster show. Boy. Yeah, the Rooster man, or, or the or the computerized man of the nineties, or as uh, as people have called in shoot interviews, the Snitch. 
<laughs> oh shit, son. Shit. I remember on one show we 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 covered it when it was him versus uh Dustin Rhodes and he was the computerized man of the 90s and he oh, kept yeah. running out of the ring and consulting a computer about what to do. I mean, there's so many things wrong with that that <laughs> we don't know where to start. But yeah, our first match is like two cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. That is a mouthful. Um with their manager with their manager of the year, Teddy Long. Um, yep. or the godfather Teddy Long, as they were calling him. Right. Taking on Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. And they were managed by the assassin. Um, it's just so, so, it is weird. Um, it's weird, dude. I mean, Jody Hamilton, uh, the assassin, was part of the assassins. He's, you know, pretty well-known wrestler, um, you know, from, from back then, you know. But it was, it's really weird. I mean, because um, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, well, this is pre-buff, right? This is pre- Very much so. Um, it's pre, I mean, there's massive chance of Paula because that's what they're shouting at Paul Orndorff for every show. Yeah. Um, Orndorff is probably the most famous case of getting an injury and not getting it seen to and not getting it getting fixed because he has got one arm significantly smaller than the other. And it's really starting to tell, like you can see one of his arms is just, it's just not there. Like he's got like big muscles on one side and on his other arm is just yeah. He's he's half of the Ico Pro winner this week because of his oh, one arm. I think he was pretty ripped, man. Um oh, I I, for me it was. it was a it was a it was a pretty tough call this week. How about you? Well, with no Steiner and no Luger. The, we're fucked. I mean we're this is it's anybody's. This is the most competitive Ico Pro Award for a long time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. With no Luger or Steiner, it's in anybody's hands, you know? It's like um, that year when Leicester won the Premier League. This <laughs> <laughs> um, match, for me, doesn't get going. I mean, I know I think you said you liked it, but I, I wasn't too sure about it. To I wanted more. I wanted more. You've got these two high flyers in two cold Scorpio, and uh, I'm going to call him Buff because he's got that stuff. Oh, and he was, stuff, of course, he, yes. you know, he, he, he was a fresh faced Marcus Bagwell, um, two cold Scorpio flying all over the place, doing the old kind of flip kicks and stuff. Um, you know, Paul Roma and Orndorff, pretty wonderful. They were your ultimate heel team. I mean, it should have been a really good opening match. Um, and and like you said, it, it should have gone longer. It should have been should have been more to it. Yeah, it was disappointing a little bit, really. Yeah, for me, it just wasn't enough. I mean, they were it was a slow, bit of a slow burn as well. They were working over the arm and stuff like that. Um, sorry, uh, too cold and buff or Marcus were working over the arms of both guys. They do start to get their heat eventually. And yeah, like even the hot tag just, did, just didn't really, it didn't fire off. I mean, this this no. is a pretty hot crowd as well, which yeah. makes it worse for me. Um, just when we think that, well, just as it's starting to get going, we think things are going to take off. Um, the assassin puts something in his mask. Yeah. And he had, it looks but, like a Viscount. He put, you know, them little chocolate biscuits. Yeah. Like a little, <laughs> a Jaffa cake. <laughs> and yeah, he head he headbutts uh he headbutts too cold. Yeah. And too cold's out of it, and that's it. It's a Orndorff gets the bin. And 
it, yeah, it just felt like it could have been, there should have been more. It should, it should have been a bit more. It was, you know, they could have made a bit more of it. It was a pretty poor opening match. But, you know, it doesn't really... I, I, I like the look of um, Two Gold Scorpio and Marcus Bagwell, you know. Yeah, they, good. They, they were a good team. They, they had yeah. previously held the tag team titles for a day. Yeah. Uh, like a month before, like Halloween Havoc, they, they lost it back to the Nasty Boys. Um, Paul, Paul Roma don't get enough credit as being a good heel as well because they're doing the arm ringer and they're working on his arm. It's like, he's hurting my arm. He's hurting. <laughs> like, it was pretty good. Pretty funny. Uh, mean Gene is in the limo, Ric Flair. Like, this segment goes on way too long. Um, yeah. Flair, in, in the laugh out loud moment of the night, it, Ric Flair says his career could be over. It's 93. It's, 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 it, not over. it's <laughs> crazy. And he's like, who's going to woo? He's like, who's gonna who's gonna woo if I'm gone? Like, but yeah, he wouldn't retire for fucking years. And cut it short, it. like he says, he's ready. He's you know, and it's it's all right, but it's it's very it feels very long, like this segment. And but we go from something as reasonable as you know Flair talking about how ready he is for his possible retirement match to um, something very very strange again. It's. Yeah. What was originally meant to be Awesome Kong, nothing, nothing to you know be confused with an Awesome Kong who works in TNA, um, with his good buddy King Kong, again not a gorilla, so I'm not really sure what's going on against the, the Shockmaster. Kong. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Shockmaster comes down to the ring with a builder's helmet on. Yeah, like he's a fucking electrician. Like, he, he, he's a sparky. He's just come off the building site, bruv. That's it. That's he's a sparky. Um, the Kongs, as I'm going to call them, double team the Shotmaster for the belt, like, before the match even begins. But then, and the commentators pick this up, they realise that King Kong is in the match and Awesome is at ringside. Yeah. On the old switcheroo before, before time. And, um, yeah, this... The, the match is not awesome, oh. lightest, because <laughs> we do get we do get a, a flying crossbody sort of from the shopmaster, and it's got to be it's got to be possibly the world's greatest body slam because he beats he beats King Kong with it. Oh, it's, it was body it, slam. It was, it was a great body slam. I mean, obviously, we'll tell the viewers if you if you're a wrestling fan and you don't know about the shopmaster. Um, Look it up. Then, well, we don't know what to tell you, but uh, he, he he's fallen on his ass. Yeah. Um, it, it's um, it was who would previously have been tugboat, previously typhoon, um, he could and now he's grown a moustache. Well, he? Uh, he could have been chic tugboat. He could have been chic yeah. tugboat. He it's um, he's grown a moustache. He's now donned a fucking. Builder's helmet, and he, I swear he had like a toolbox or a lunchbox, bro, as well. Like a little, like he was literally off the build. That's what the shockmaster was. He was an electrician. It worked at the power station or something. Unbelievable gimmick. Um, we've got to skip over this match because it's just. <laughs> it, was so, it was a squash match. It was, yeah, it was it, a squash on the biggest pay per of the year. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable between three of the biggest dudes you'll ever see. Yeah, these these guys all, all pretty big guys. So the slam oh, was yeah. pretty big. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just there was no no builds to it. 
<laughs> Jesse and Tony are explaining that Davy Boy Smith is being replaced tonight in his match with Rick Rude for the WCW International Heavyweight title. Yes. Um, he's being replaced by The Boss or Ray Trailer or The Big Boss Man, as he was previously known. Um, I looked this up and uh, because I wanted to know why Davey wasn't making the show. Uh, in a disputed claim, it said he was fired. He said he, he quit. The main thing is, is that Davey had an agreement with Bill Watts before Bill Watts was fired, um, that he was allowed to work indies on his nights off, which was a common theme for a lot of WCW wrestlers working under Bill Watts. Um, it seems pretty fair enough, you know, a bit more work, a few more, few more quid in the pocket. And that... And the other part of the deal was that Davey would make more money per night on the European tours purely because he was the main draw. I'm not arguing with that. That makes a lot of sense to me. He was was clearly a draw in Europe. Absolutely. Um, But when Watts was fired, WCW went back on those agreements, promises, whatever you want to call them. Um, Davey wouldn't back down on it. And the last straw was that Davey went to work for Jim the Anvil on an indie show in Florida and WCW demanded 60% of his money from that show. Um, So Davey stopped turning up to house shows, which, I mean, it's it's a weird argument to be a part of, I guess. Um, Again, Davey said he quit, WCW said they fired him. It's probably a case of you can't fire me because I quit. Yeah, uh, that's right. That right. But, what but is, what and, I mean, think of that? yeah, I mean, this is this is tantamount to what was going on behind the scenes. This was a weird time. This is a very strange time in WCW because you had lots of stuff going on in the background. They were trying to streamline it, trying to make a little bit more money, trying to push it forward a little bit more. Um, the executive producer on this was. Eric Bischoff. Um, The producer was... uh, um, Senior producer, Virgil Runnels, yeah. Virgil Runnels, yeah. And um, he had, like, quite a big supporting team, because you can see in the credits, you know, um, you know, supporting for Mr. Runnels, you know, and it was... There was a, a few names on there as well. So it was a time where... There was a lot of different because Bill Watts obviously had a different way of doing things. There was people even before Bill Watts. We're talking like 1991. Uh, there was a few between 1989, heard, 1990. Yeah. That's right. You know, heard you had um, Jim. Heard. So you got, but you know, it it was it, WCW had gone through so many changes. It was still changing, and uh, they've brought Bischoff in, and. Um, you know, Luger at this time was in WWF. Yeah, Luger was yeah ninety three. So he's he's about so he's about a month away from jointly winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, um, and then he didn't. He, he, it wasn't long. You know, ninety five. He would be in WCW to try and boost up his career because I think the Bulldog would then after this he would join. He would go to WWF, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would for a short time. WWF, I think around about the summertime of ninety four. Yeah, they, they they put them together, didn't they, as some kind of... Uh, allied powers. Uh, the allied powers. We've spoke about that before, where they kept on, you yeah, know... They, uh, they, do wrestle, they do wrestle at WrestleMania 11, 
um, yeah. is one of our earlier shows that we covered. That's so right. If you get time, go and show that that episode some love because uh, you know it's one of our fu- our more fun ones because we talk a lot about like Luger and Davy and you know Bam Bam Bigelow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. LT. Yeah, good old LT and uh, yeah, man, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mongo. Yes, right. Yes, right. Greatest baby face that ever lived. <laughs> the limo has arrived at the arena. Um, mean Gene and Ric Flair go their separate ways. Doug Dillinger sort of ushers Ric Flair in. Doug Dillinger, world's worst security man. Um, they they talk about, um, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura talks about Ric Flair being more popular than Bill Clinton. And he says, you know, he's got a lot more money than Bill Clinton has for now. Um, you know, and obviously at this time, Bill Clinton was the president. So he's saying in Charlotte, you know, Ric Flair is more popular than the president. And I can fucking believe it, man. Yeah, that's that. You know, don't die for a second. True statement. Um, we go from weird to wonderful because our television title is on the line. And it's Ricky Steamboat in his full dragon gear against Lord Stephen Regal, the biggest baby face, you know, of the night for me. Um yeah, Blackpool's finest. Blackpool's finest, dude. He, One of my favourite wrestlers of all time. He is with Sir William. And um, even though they say that Ricky Steamboat, you know, from North Carolina, I think it's just to, you know, take the shine away from the crowd who clearly love Regal. That's right. He's uh, They're saying he's number one. They keep waving their middle fingers up. Number one. Oh, yeah, that's just, that's just North Carolina just showing some love. That's right. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jesse Ventura notes how subtle some of the moves Regal does are and even at one point makes a quick nod to production that they're missing it. Yeah. Which, you know, is annoying for us, but thank God someone's there to actually tell them, call them out on it. And here's my problem with this match because it is it is a good match. It's good. It's really good wrestling. Regal and Steamboat were always going to put on a decent show. They quickly remind us that it's only a 15-minute time limit. Yeah. And then they constantly and remind us. That, this, it, it's really annoying because, yeah. uh, you know, it's it, it should have been, you know, you should be just watching the match. You've got two great wrestlers. And I, I like I say, we've said this before. I'll say it again. We said it in a different context before. But British wrestling is a different animal. To, to, you know, if you're looking, you know, in the, 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 the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and maybe even the early 90s, it, it was a different animal. Um, I posted a, a couple of a, a match on Twitter, on our Twitter, which is at Chat Grapple Pops, if you want to check us out on Twitter. And it was um, an old British wrestling match from World of Sport on a, on Saturday afternoon. And it was a guy called Brian Glover, okay? And he was wrestling under his wrestling name. Uh, and it was it was him and uh, it, was, it was two guys that are literally, like, they, they were, they were tough guys. Um, they were really, really tough guys. Um, but the, what, what the British wrestling and the European wrestling was, it, it was a completely different animal to, to what the wrestling, the, the, the kind of catch-as-catch-can kind of style. It was very technical. It had, um, 
you know, a lot of, like he was saying, a lot more subtle moves going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was completely different, you know, and it was um, something when you've got a wrestler like Lord Stephen Regal and, you, and you're watching it, you like say the fact that they were missing all the moves that he was doing was really, it was terrible really, because he was do he did this one move, like say where he, he, he put his foot on his arm. So then he could jump over him and then grab the arm for the arm ringer, you yeah. know, and it's little things, little technical things like that in, in, in British wrestling that is just, um, you know, it was, um, it, it was completely different. Um, this match, it was Les Kellett versus Leon Arras. Okay, so Les Kellett at this time, it's on our Twitter, guys. Go and check it out. But this is like, it epitomizes what British wrestling was in the 70s and the 80s, right? It was, this was a bit of a comedy match, but it was very, very technical still. There was a lot of technical moves going on. There was a lot of comedy, but Les Kellett was 60 years old in this match. And Brian Glover is the 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 bloody he was the voice of um, the Tetley T guy, you know the guy in the the Tetley T adverts. Yeah. So it you know he also did a bread advert. You know it was um, now taken out. You know what was that bread? Povis. You know, and it was oh, like, yeah, bread with now taken out. But that was Brian Glover. But his wrestling name was Leon Arras. So any of our American friends that watch this go and check out world of sport wrestling les kellett versus leon arras and i'll tell you what that is you know and it, we're just on this point here of lord stephen regal because lord stephen regal was wrestling on world of sport you know he was there back in them days you know he'd done the rounds and he was there here under the big lights of wcw and he never lost it i don't think lord stephen regal ever lost that technical kind of he always had those moves that was a shout out to british wrestling always um, sticking with British wrestling for just a second. Um, did you see the tweet that our, you know, good friend Dave Meltzer put out, um, trying to play down that Big Daddy was not a mainstream star? Um, I mean, a man that you know played in like in considering in the eighties, he was in front of television crowds of ten million plus. Yeah, I it, mean, come I on. mean. Meltzer's fucking his mind has melted. I think it, it's some of the stuff I, he says. I just there is no rationale to it at all. He's talking out of his aris, you know what I mean? As, as we say, he's talking out of his fucking aris. Um, it, it's Big Daddy. All right, people might not. It, Big Daddy wasn't like one of these wrestlers, like your 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 rollable. You know, he, he wasn't your rollable Rocco's. Shout out to rollable Rocco. He wasn't one of your technical wrestlers, yeah. But him and Giant Haystacks, they fucking, they were a draw, bro. They they were like, you know, millions of people, like you say, watching glued to the TV screens on a weekend. It's like, for his time and place, he was a draw. He was the draw, you know. Shirley yeah, Crabtree. He, he tried to say that because he didn't have you know, this, you know, so many commercials and all this, like, on TV, he wasn't a big star. Like, you know, we only had one channel that had commercials in the That's 80s. Right. <laughs> he doesn't know, this is the thing, but he's he's commenting on shit that he has no fucking idea about. Yeah. Like, the crowds that would gather around when Big Daddy was around, you know, it was, it was, you know, and Giant Haystacks, a.k.a. Loch Ness, Loch you know, who would, 
who would end up in WCW a little bit later on. Yeah. You know, um, there, there, it was a, there were big draws, man. You know, shout out to British wrestling. I fucking love British yeah, wrestling. Okay. I can, I get lost. I, I sometimes I get lost in YouTube. Sometimes just keep watching these matches, and and you can see, dude, the heat was there. It was real. Kayfabe was a thing, dude, in British wrestling. You would have, even in that match, Les Kellett versus Leon Harris, yeah? You've got an old lady hitting someone as they're rolled out of the ring, but then you're getting her helping someone up. You know, these are old ladies that would just, yeah. they would live it, dude. It wasn't just your smart marks that were watching it. You know what I mean? This was family entertainment. This, yeah, this is, I mean, this is mainstream, yeah. Like, yeah, it was. The Queen used to watch it, bro. The Queen used to watch World of Sport. Fuck's sake. Fucking Meltzer. Back to Steamboat and Regal. Um, I'm already wishing they've had more time here. It's it's technical. It's excellent. Um, obviously, you know, th th there was one bit where uh, they, they clearly didn't really pay much attention to what they were talking about. They said the that Regal... The boxing day thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they said that it was... Uh, they, it was a big, big day for Regal. They were trying to explain what Boxing Day was. Um, <laughs> you know, but bearing in mind, this show was on the 27th of December. Boxing Day is the 26th. Yeah. Because um, they were trying to explain that in England, on Boxing Day, people used to settle their differences out in the street the day after Christmas Day. Jesse Ventura, I was like, I was pissing myself thinking, bro, like, fair play to try and sell it, man. But fucking hell, it was the day before. You're, you're telling me you've not seen outside your window like on Boxing Day, like some of your neighbours just throwing punches at each other. I've got to settle it with my neighbour because he keeps moving my dustbin on a Thursday. So <laughs> we're going to settle it on Boxing Day. <laughs> you could sell that one on pay-per-view. <laughs> um, still, probably, still probably do more than some companies. Oh, ouch. Um, <laughs> also, you've got... Um, Sir William, who, for people that don't know, was actually Bill Dundee, weren't it? Yeah, Bill Dundee, yeah. Um, you know, who, in his own right, um, you know, was was a wrestler many years before. But he was, I think he was a weird, he was like Scottish-born, but he was Australian, was he? He played the part well. Yeah, you know, but he, had, he did have that English accent. You can hear him shout to someone in the crowd, shut up, you four-eyed little brat. Yeah, um, and it was, it the was... fans in that area it really sort of popped to it as well. It was really good, man. Really, I, I enjoyed it. It was, um, um as right. expected, it does go to a time limit draw. Um, Regal does retain his title, the fans go wild. It's the biggest pop of the night for sure. They love Regal. Um, I kid. Um, yeah, Regal does retain, and they they move quickly on. Like, it's like I said, it's, it's quite a shame that it only does 15 minutes because you could have had another. 10 15 minutes on top of that to really like hammer it home, but they don't, they just move on to the next match pretty like straight away. Which is uh, these two guys now, we, we spoke about these two before Tex Slazenger and Shanghai Pierce. Yeah, we sort of yeah. we were sort of wondering how they'd fare against the Godwins. Um, but they they don't take on the Godwins here, they take on Cactus Jack and Max Payne. Yeah, and, I mean, two things. One, Slazenger and Pierce's music, it's amazingly, you know, straight out of a Western. It's good. <laughs> and the pop that Cactus gets. Yeah. When he pokes his head through the curtain. 
he's really over with this North Carolina crowd. I think because he, he's got his history with the funk. Um, I don't know if he's done anything with funk yet in 93. I mean, he's obviously worked with Vader. Yeah. And no, I, I swear he would have done he would have done stuff with funk already, yeah. maybe on... He hasn't the, done his uh, he hasn't done his ECW stint yet. That comes up. No, it's true. Yeah. But so, yeah, yeah, no, Cactus. He does get a big pop. He does get a nice pop. And there's a double clothesline that almost takes uh, Tex Slazenger's head off. <laughs> it was a little bit high, and uh, it almost wiped him out. It's um, it's weird because Cactus actually hurts himself quite badly with a backdrop onto the yeah, outside that's, that's as my well. Next point. Yeah, um, Max Payne. It's almost like an in It's almost quite innovative, actually. The yeah. backdrop from Max Payne on Cactus onto Tex or Shanghai, but yeah, it doesn't look like it. It's a great landing. Yeah. Um, Max Payne puts um. Oh, Again, Tex or Slazenger. Yeah, because Tex, yeah, Shanghai is um, Shanghai is um, Henry Godwin, isn't it? Shanghai is the one with a mask. What was it called? The Pain Maker. The Pain Maker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good name. I like it. And um, is it? Yeah, it's just it's another fun. If this one's all right, it's a double arm DDT from Cactus to win it. But all four guys got their stuff in. Everyone had their working boots on. I yeah. quite liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was an entertaining match. I, I enjoyed it. But I'm I'm also a fan of Max Payne. I thought it was great. Like we've spoken about him before, how they didn't really use him right when he was had the guitar, you yeah. know, and he would come in because he could actually legitimately play the guitar. Um you know, it, it was but he would be in WWE for a little bit. He went to WWF for a very short time. Man Mountain Rock. Man Mountain Rock. Um, you know, and that, I think we've also spoken about that on here because he was on uh, one of a WrestleMania weekend playing the guitar with yeah. like um, a tie-dye T-shirt. Mountain Man, Man, Man Mountain Rock. Um, we spoke about that in one of what our previous episodes. What a terrible episodes. name that is. Awful. But the thing is, I think even Mick Foley said um, to Vince and everyone in the creative and even Max Payne said, look, let me come in as Max Payne. He said, let me, let me come in as Max Payne. He's like, you know, it was, that's who I am. That's who I've been. You know, people kind of know me as that. Uh, and Max Payne was actually creating his own T-shirts and wearing them. He was yes, wearing my ear. It was yeah, like it was a, a skull. Yeah, with a with a, a mohawk and that. Yeah. Um, mean Gene interviews NASCAR driver Kyle Petty. There are some boos in the crowd for this. Um He's obviously. I mean, we don't. I don't know Richard who Carl is. Son. Richard yeah. Petty was a famous NASCAR driver who had just retired at that time or around that time. They do talk about retirement. It's a pretty dead interview. And then we get to our US title match, which oh, so disappointing. I, I I knew you were going to say that because I was I was disappointed. What a flop um, this is. Um. It's a best. It's a two out of three falls match. It's stunning, Steve Austin, who is the challenger with uh, yeah, with Colonel Rob Parker, the sweatiest man in wrestling. Um, yeah, and it, he takes on Dustin Rhodes, who's champion, the US champion. Um, I've got a take here, and I've, I've got to say it: as good as these two are at this point in '93, 
I do feel a little shortchanged that these two were given a half an hour time limit and Regal and Steamboat were only given 15. Especially, especially when you watch this match and you see this match. It, it, I mean, it wasn't... Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't it, it a bar, not, you know... It does not meet expectations. It doesn't, man. I mean, you fucking... You've got stunning Steve Austin, as I was doing the old Hollywood blonde camera thing. Um, you know, Colonel Parker had come in and split up the Hollywood blondes. So, um, you know, Stone Cold or Stunning Steve uh, had gone, uh, Brian Pillman had gone their, their own ways. Um, this should have been better. This this really... Sounds better. Um, you know, it, it's a slow start. Uh, Austin's healing it up. You know, and the commentary team say these are two men that will really run WCW in the next decade, which was quite laughable because by '96 they'd both be in WWE. They've gone, yeah. I did laugh <laughs> at that because, it, like, I mean, Devil's Advocate. What if they kept them? But, but this is, they you know, they probably wouldn't have given them the character sort of dimension. So it's it's very strange. It's it, almost it, too. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's it, like I say. W, there's all these what ifs. I mean, WCW let go of some huge stars, yeah. but so did WWF let go of some stars that actually went and made it huge elsewhere. But I mean, like you say, WCW, stunning Steve Austin. When he goes to WWF, he was nothing. Like I mean, if you took the two characters, you had a picture of stunning Steve one side. You have a picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You'd think it was a I different suppose, guy. I suppose some of that is, you know, credit to, you know, shout out to Paul Heyman because he let Steve do, you know, let Steve be Steve in ECW for the short amount of time he was there. But, yeah, this um, this much, apart from Austin going flying into the front row. That was great. Which was pretty good. Um, slow burn. I'm not loving it. And we get a screwy first fall finish. Um something that we have to talk about because they don't follow their own rules half the time. No. Um, Dustin throws Austin into Colonel Parker. Austin ends up going over the top rope. Dustin gets a DQ in the first fall. Yeah. Um, he then jumps out the ring and pushes Austin into the ring post. The cameraman decides that he's going to go close up on Austin and you can see exactly what Austin's up to. Yeah. Austin is, uh, he is blading. Yeah. It is. The camera goes close up and I can't believe it. What a, why, Jesus, man, what a mistake that was. (laughs) It's weird because he he bleeds like a stuck pig, as they say. He's literally pissing blood all over the place um we have this issue with um colonel parker going out to the back as well was that a legitimate injury do you think i'm not sure i don't think so i don't think so either it was weird why he, he would disappear but um the lights go out um yeah, start of the second fall we start losing light and 
I mean, I was sort of hoping that, you know, Kane or The Undertaker would turn up at this point because the match was so dead. Um, I thought, excuse me, I thought something was going to happen like that. I yeah. thought that someone was going to get involved. You know, maybe the Halloween Phantom was going to turn up or, you know. But no, it, the lights thing seemed to just be a production error or something, or they've maybe lost a bit of power, you know, get the generator going. And... This is this is mad because Dustin goes, you know, gets Austin in the corner, goes up to second rope, starts laying in a couple of punches. Austin then rolls him up, grabs the tights, and wins two wins the second four, and he's the new US champion. It was a fuck it, it was a terrible match for what, what it should happened? have been. And, and like you say, they, they 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 could have given the time to Steamboat and, and uh, Regal. My other problem with this is what was the point of the blade job? Yeah, there was. I mean, it was out of nowhere. It was. It. I mean, yeah. It, like you say, mate, I got nothing to say about that. It was the only good dire. thing about this match was the cheers when Austin won won the match. Because, yeah, you know, there was clearly some Austin fans in the crowd. But yeah, yeah I, I was really baffled as to why they bothered blading on this. Like, what was the point? They'd, they'd had a couple of um, two out of three falls matches, though, didn't they? Um, Dustin and and Steve. Yeah. And they had to some. They part of the hotline um, poll for the night. A question, yeah. There yeah, was a question: Should championship matches be two out of three falls? Based on that, no, it shouldn't. No, hundred percent, no. You know, Jesse was against it as well. I think uh, Tony Schiavone said, "Yeah, he'd prefer them if they were two out of three falls." But Jesse said, "No, yeah, you win one, you win it. That's it." Jesse was right. He was. Um, WCW International Heavyweight title is next. Michael Buffer is in the ring. He's going to be announcing the next three matches because they're all big main events, apparently. Apparently. Um, now, this is this is a weird one because it's the WCW International Heavyweight Championship. It used to be the NWA world title. They'd split from the NWA, but they kept the big gold belt. Um, so they're calling Rick Ravish and Rick Rude world champion. But yeah. He's not recognised as champion now. Like... Why is he not recognised as world champion? In in the words of Ravishing Rick Rude, shut your mouths, open your eyes, and show some respect to the undisputed world champion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's where we get a real candidate for our ICO Pro Award. Because once that robe comes off, sweet Jesus. Yeah. He is stacked and jacked. Yeah, and, and I've got it down here. So much heat, Ico Pro winner. Yeah, that's what I've got. It, so much heat, Ico Pro winner. So it, if you're all right with giving it to Rude, of course. I would prob I would probably say that Rick Rude was the Ico Pro winner for this week. Rick wins it, but there's there was one guy who was pretty close. Yes, there is, and he's coming up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Rude, Rude is you know Jack. He's you know he's been called a world champion. I just, I'm not sure what's going on and why they're not officially recognising him as a champion. So, sorry, is it, so, so now he's not recognised to have ever held that championship? No. Is it because they say that he kind of stole it off Flair? There was a, you know, the week, the, 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 when yeah, he won he, it, because it, it was from the, Flair at full brawl, but at full brawl, yeah. I mean, I think he's a legit world champion. He's wearing that belt. 
hundred percent, bro. Material. I, he I mean, been, he should have been champion in WWF, but he should he should have been. I mean, who would who who would have made a better heel champion than Ravishing Rick Rude? Well, he never worked with Hogan. That was the crazy thing. He worked with Warrior, but I I I got a sneaky feeling that Hogan didn't want to work with Rude because he knew that Rude could outstrip him. A hundred percent. He could steal a lot of the limelight. And Hogan don't like that, brother. Oh, he would have been crying off to Jack Tunney in a minute. I'll I tell you, I, I tell you another bit of uh, memorabilia that I've, I've picked up. Actually, I bought it. Um, I talk a lot of shit about Hulk Hogan, okay? But I actually, I, I, I love my movie posters, right? And you've seen my Thunder in Paradise poster that I've got. Well, I've actually just picked up another movie poster, a full size one, it and Mr. it is for Mister Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, dude, it is the most incredible movie poster you've ever seen in your life. Original 1990s movie poster of Mr. Nanny. Incredible, dude. That is, that is beautiful, that is. When it, when it's here and when it gets framed by our lovely friends at, friends at treeoflifeframing.com, when, uh, when it gets framed, I will show you on the podcast. Oh, that's a, that's a sweet hoodie you've got on there, Chris. Who, who printed that? Oh, that would be uh, treeoflifeframing.com when our Good Chat people. Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast hoodie. Good people. Yeah, man. Um, back to the boss. Back to which, the which boss. Is big boss man. It's Ray Trailer. They even call him, like, Jesse slips up and calls him Big Boss Man. Um, He's got a security guard top on, though, man. It says security. It does say security. He is, they, he is being announced as being from, you know, Cobb County lock up jail yeah. yeah and a correctional facility but yeah. it's like instead he's like craig and day day like top flight security and next friday it's like <laughs> top flight you know what i mean <laughs> and that's that's our crazy reference for the night craig and day day <laughs> craig and day day top flight security motherfucker Boss spits in, in a heelish move, really spits at Rick Rude, which I mean that wouldn't fly yeah. today in COVID, but no, <laughs> he got arrested. But the boss man's got big, big. The boss, sorry, has got big pops, man. When he comes out, he does. Yeah, he's he's real big pops. I mean, they must remember him from his you know his killer feud with nails just the year. Hundred percent, boss man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the backdrop that boss hits Rude with. The airtime that Rude has. Proper. Incredible. Yeah. Um, for me, again, this match is really short. It is. It and it is has really a rest short. hold. Yeah, and it's got a huge rest hold. I mean, it was really... It, I mean, I love... I mean, we both love Ravishing Rick Rude. I would say, as wrestlers go, it, as well, you can't get much better than Ravishing Rick Rude. He epitomises what a heel wrestler should be him and Bobby Heenan together, you know, the Heenan family, you know, was just fucking incredible. Like hell of a team, hell of a team. You know, you've got, I mean, Mr. Perfect as well. You know, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude, they epitomize heel wrestlers. And, um, you know, there's a great spot here where Rude is like on the ropes and he's like, hanging upside down on the ropes and he keeps popping up, getting hit, popping back down, popping back up, you know, and it's like this match, it should have, it should have been more, you know, because 
yeah, it should have been more. It was really disappointing, and it was such a fucking weak finish as well. well it was just a really I, I weird don't know, we, could, we could call it a weak finish, but I know someone that would say it was one of the greatest finishes of all time. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> so after the rest hold slash bear hug, Bossman goes for his signature, like, uh, I don't know, what's it called, where he just sits on them whilst they're, head, while they're lay, like laying across the ropes. Um, I would say it's just, yeah... Yeah, I've, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, he tries that. Rude moves. Bossman sort of crotches himself a little bit. Yeah. And then we have the finish. And like I said, that we know one guy who we call it the greatest move in hit wrestling history. It, it was created by this man, apparently. Uh, old Sunset Skip. Um, it is a Sunset Flip. And yeah. three count. He, um, sunset Skip, by the way, is bringing back his wrestling quizzes on Facebook, dude. Oh, is he? Yeah, so we might have to we might have to get involved on that. Show some love to Sunset Skip. Um, he trained Skip, us as well, didn't he? We were trained by the Skipster. By the Skipster, yeah. But um, I mean, obviously, we have travelled many a mile to learn under the great guys of Limo Rickshaw. But Skip was Correct. Skip was his trusted assistant. So absolutely, man. <laughs> um, We've trained under two of the greats, mate. You know, two of the best. Limo Rickshaw and Sunset Skip. Um, Shout Skip. out to you guys. I will give Rick, uh, whoever did Rick Rude's music credit. That is, it's you know that's his best song for sure. It's really good, uh, really good work. The commentary booth then plugs Super Bowl in February. It's a double thunder cage or something. Like I saw that on the, <laughs> on the poster. Like I, it sounds to me like it's going to have more than one screen on it. So I'm not not really relishing watching you that. Weren't one. sold, nah. <laughs> as long as it's not the TNA six screens of chaos <laughs> yeah I'm alright you loved it <laughs> uh, tag team titles so next uh, Michael Buffer's back in the ring it's now this is a team and a half Sting and Road Warrior Hawk um, Road Warrior Hawk does finish second unfortunately in our ICO Pro Award yeah I've got uh, in my notes as well Road Warrior Hawk ICO Pro I've got him <laughs> down as second and they are taking on the tag team champions, the Nasty Boys, who are with Missy Hyatt. And the Riot Missy Hyatt. There's there's a tinge of like <clears throat> malice when Tony Schiavone just says she's nasty. I've got that written down here as well. Maybe he had a slight <laughs> maybe I had a slight dealing with her in the uh in the dressing room. He's like, oh, she's yeah. nasty. Um maybe he witnessed some shit. Um <laughs> Holy shit, there's a lot of stalling in this. This match for me, right, is... I, I, I just... I gave up, dude, halfway through this match. I gave it was, up. It was a little bit... It looked like it was done backwards. It was done like the wrong, wrong way round. Um, I gave up. Probably because Nasty Boys doing all the selling. Uh? Nasty Boys are doing all the selling. There was no... There was no real heat on it, you know. It was like the only, the only reason they got any heat was because Hawk hit the post. Like there was no like the Nazis had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was weird. I mean, Missy Hyatt um, in this as well. Like she's really playing the part of being annoying because she oh, was she, really, she's really good. She's really fucking annoying, and she like, was really really good. She's even better because after the Nazi boys finally start getting some heat, you know, what did the five fingers say to the face? Oh, slap. She slapped the shit out of Hawk. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and even uh, even Jesse says, "Oh, I think you would have probably hit the deck, Tony, if that would have been yeah. you." And he says, "No, yeah. you're probably right." Like you know, she fucking because she's got a whip as well. Yeah. And she was like, you know, and he said, "Oh, a lot of people will pay a lot of money to get whipped by Missy Hyatt." You know. It's it's a yeah, it's a weird like. I mean, let's be honest, the outfit slash gimmick thing was weird anyway. Like she had this pink see-through thing on. You could see. Yeah, you could see the underwear. And she had the whip going round. But yeah. Can we we take a moment of uh, silence for a terrible body slam by Nobs on Hawk? Um, Bro. But then he gives him a receipt. It yeah, worse, yeah. It, it does get. He gives him a receipt later on in the match, but literally like a body slam. He picks him up and then just gets halfway and just goes, "Now nah, fuck it," just throws him on the floor. Like it was so bad. Um, the ref misses the hot tag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, real standard stuff. You know, good old tag. Standard. Um, one of the nasty ones. Can't remember which one gets his knees up on a big splash from Sting. Yeah. And then. One of them throws Sting over the top rope and there's no DQ. Yeah. Don't know yeah. why that annoys me so much. It, it's, it's annoying. There's there's some botched fucking try to roll out of the way of stuff as well that yes. was just um, awful. Sting doesn't move quick <clears throat> enough or <clears throat> doesn't quite time it. But there's a reason for that because Sags and Knobs are blown up to fuck. Oh, dude, I've got that as well. Yeah. Nasties are blown up. You know, they are, and I mean, and Sags, he disappears for about five minutes. And when he comes back, he, dude, he can't even stand up. He comes in, does like an elbow drop thing, goes for a pin and then gets back out again. He does that about three times. They are, they are absolutely, Absolutely I'm not sure if it's because Hawks laying him, laying in the shots or, but you know, and this is what I blame on the, this second body slam. And what, like, you know, you spoke about the one earlier because Nobs, have sandbags the hell out of you know a body slam when Hawk tries to get him up. But yeah. this is where things get a little murky. Sting plants a kiss on Missy, you know, unwanted. Hashtag me too. Yeah. Um Nobs accidentally knocks her off the apron. And this is where it gets fucked up because there's a they go up for the doomsday device and uh Hawk clotheslines knobs. And he lands on his fucking neck. It's terrible, man. It it, it looks what? so painful. Like I will try and I will try and post that for anyone. Like, cause what a fucking landing that is. No, actually, actually, do post that, dude. If you can get that bit of footage, because that doomsday device is. I mean, it, it, he does land on his head. That he could end the career. Head. That could. That was so ain't, bad. Because ain't he supposed to? Ain't they supposed to like push their legs back a little bit at least and kind Flip of push over, him? Yeah. To flip them over, but they were like, "Now nah, fuck that, we're not doing Well, that. I'm guessing Sting probably never done it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, was, um, was there any was there any legitimate heat between the nasties and, and Sting and, and Hawk at any time, do you think? Because well, I remember there being heat with with Flair and the nasty boys. Because you know, Flair called them slobs and said they, you know, they were you know, they never worked out and stuff like that. And I mean, it could be, could be true here because they are like towards well, definitely towards the end. They're struggling, dude. They, I mean, like I say, I'm not a fan of Nasty Boys. I don't think they could work for shit. Um, and when mm. they're actually in a wrestling match like this, 
10 minutes in, they're blown up. They can hardly stand. Well, yeah, I mean, you only have to look at their stuff with the with Public Enemy. It only goes, like, what, 10 minutes? And it's just brawling. Yeah. It's literally just brawling. Um, no wrestling. Missy comes into the ring and grabs Sting a little bit. And they ref calls for the DQ. It's like it's not even DQ worthy. Yeah, she just comes in and just breaks the count or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's another screwy finish. It's not great. Hokey, man. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, there was a lot of positives and stuff in this match. I quite loved some bits that I quite enjoyed. I know, man. I, I weren't too sold on this. I thought it was just the whole match was messy as shit. Um, and I think, I, I I think was... Missy was pretty good. Oh, Missy was great during this. You know, she's like, um, you know, and it's not before anyone just says it. It's not her just leaning on the side of the ring, um, <laughs> leaning in. <laughs> but she, um, you know, she's getting in the face of people when they're in the ring and stuff. She's like, LLD is history. She was oh, like, yeah, it's she, annoying, isn't it? <laughs> it was so annoying, but it was so good because she had legitimate heat. Like she was legitimately, you know, hateable basically yeah. she was annoying as shit and 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 to be fair i've i've knocked missy higher in 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 previous shows but That's um it. you know i have you know but she she was good in this really really enjoyed uh um, really well, enjoyed her I mean, let's be honest, beforehand like in those other shows she was just a she was doing a bit of backstage interviewing and Pretty sure was it Stan Hansen threw her out of a locker room and stuff and she's Stan Hansen and all that spanking her yeah yeah like She's actually playing a decent part on the show here. Yeah. She was good. Yeah, very, she carried very good. herself really well. Um, she carried the team. <laughs> mean <laughs> I'm going to get heat with the nasties now. Mean Gene is up next. And I honestly thought he was going to interview someone, but he just promotes the hotline for a couple of seconds. It's funny, yeah. It's literally, and he mocks Jesse Ventura in a suit and says, you know, uh, he was wearing something like Brooks Brothers suit. And then... Uh, Jesse turns around and goes, what does it say inside my suit, Tony? He says, Javonchi. He yeah. says, yeah, it doesn't say Brooks Brothers, does it? <laughs> that was good. Um, Michael Buffer is back in the ring. He's obviously earning his money tonight. Jeez. Um, yeah. Because it is world title time. It is the main event. It's Vader with Harley Race. Vader is your, cha- your, your champion, taking on Ric Flair. And what an ovation for Ric. Oh, it was. Now this know, isn't this isn't a pop. This is just this is a prolonged ovation. It's crazy. Like, and it is Ric Flair in his hometown, home city, whatever. I've just got Flair in purple in Charlotte. What a pop! Woes, <laughs> just woes. I mean, if he had if he had Peach on, I'm sure you'd have been. You know, oh, dude, all over. Flair, Flair and Peach is fucking good for me, but um, because we, we had the conversation, didn't we? We um, we were we were talking about either doing the first Starcade or this one. Yeah. We've it was going to be eighty three or ninety three, and in eighty three it was Flair versus Harley Race for the yeah, title. And now you've got, you know, 10 years later, you've got Harley Race in the corner of Vader, who's the champ. And um, you've got Ric Flair, whose career's on the line. He's been written in. I mean, who else really? There was no one else really that could have taken this spot in the main event, was there really? Just Sting. Looking at it. Sting. Yeah, probably just Sting. You know? 
um, unless they'd shelled out and got someone else in because it is Starcade, you can't really you couldn't stick the boss in there. I'm sorry, like, and you know, no. like love the boss man, Ray Trailer, and that, but yeah, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, the only other thing they could have done was um, unified and stuck Rude in there, but it's two heels in your main event, it doesn't work. No, that's right, that's right. It's um, again, and, and, and it, it who probably could have turned rude, rude face. I mean, enough people cheered for him. Oh, I mean, I, I cheer Rude every single time, you know. I still love, and it, it, we're going to give him a shout out again. Max, not the Hulk Hogan. He is a lover of flair. And it, you know, talks about the Pennsylvania piss ants, you know. I, I still love that to this day. He goes, you, this, is, you know, this is Max, not the Hulk Hogan, the one that you brutally injured I in did. the wrestling match. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Damaged him Irre- irreparably. With an incredible spinning back kick. Was. This is what I've been told. This is from, you from the, told the people correctly. that were there. That's right. Chris had laid up a beautiful spinning, like spinning back kick, and it just it was just too much for Max to handle. It was. <laughs> You're trying to build the heat for that rematch, bro. I can't wait. For the COVID championships. <laughs> Rick lays in a couple. No, this is this is quite funny as well because this is some again down to bad production. Rick lays in a couple of chops. The camera gets in really close, and you hear Rick say, "Push me to Vader." You, yes, there's a <laughs> there's a couple of moments where you hear them talking in this match. There, there, there is a couple of moments, and it's a, for me again. This is um, it's another weird match, bro, because you know it, Vader was is dominating. So it's like it's one of them ones where. I think the whole build-up and everything, you can kind of see what the result's going to be before the match finishes. Yeah, of course. If you know what I mean. And it was a bit disappointing because, you know, I mean, Flair takes Flair, Flair takes a couple of legitimate um, stiff shots as well in this. Well, I think he gets a tooth knocked out, doesn't he? Uh, well, he gets a busted mouth, yeah, which um, there is clearly some the odd, you know, potato rough shot in there. Yeah. And... I think uh, it was Harley Race that I saw an interview of Harley Race like years back, which is something that sticks in your mind saying that, you know, he said, you know, Leon was being an asshole. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he was egging Flair on and like, and Leon and like, sorry, Race said to Flair, you got to fight back. You got to hit him back. Yeah. And Flair eventually starts hitting him back. Yeah. Because I know, I, I know there was one clothesline that Vader give Flair, and it was literally like instead of a clothesline on the shoulders, he literally just got him straight in the mush, and just fucking knocked him out. He literally nearly knocked all his teeth. And out. Vader ends up getting a cut above his eye, which yeah, you know, it's not it's not a blading job. No, that's hard way, bro. That's yeah. fucking. Um, Ric Flair goes to the top rope three times, and it works. Like, that's not something you see every day. Right. Um, there's a nice superplex from Vader. I quite like that. Yeah, it's that was good. It, superplex. It, yeah, like. And it took it took its toll on both men as well, which was good, you know. you. I thought it was quite funny as well when um, Vader turns around to Flair and he's like, chomp, you ain't got nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it was, 
Yeah, he called him Chump. He's like, Chump, you ain't got nothing. You know? Um, and uh, it, it's good because Harley Race as well is is good. I mean, Harley Race is one of the greatest to ever do it as well, man. You yeah. know, he's um, he's got, there's a legend at ringside, you know? And he's like, this is what you asked for, Flair. You asked for this, Flair. You know? Um, the fans start to pop when Flair starts to really chop Vader down with his punches and his chops and I mean, this this is a rabid crowd now. They are one hundred percent behind Flair. Um, Flair gets one of those plastic chairs and starts to soften up Vader's leg, which obviously is you know going to try and build up to a figure four. And the crowd are into it. You know, Flair's technically cheating, and the, the fans are just they love every second of it. Because it's it's that whole story of, you know, and because uh, the thing is, Flair was cheating quite a bit through this as well, because, you know, the the the, the fists, the closed fist, yeah. you know, he was literally like, you know, he was, go, he was going in, you know, and the referee didn't really have none of, uh, he, he let it get away with it. But yeah, those chairs are like the old ones you used to have at school, you know, those plastic yeah. moulded chairs with the metal legs, you well, know, and he hits... over the edge with one as well, doesn't he? he yeah, he whacks him on the head with one. Um, he, I think he follows through with it as well on the headshot. Um, but yeah, he, he tries to work the knee and get him in the, the figure four, but... Well, Vader does go for a Vader bomb. He misses. Flair does put him in the figure four. Would you have ended, ended it there? Um, possibly. Um, I think they still had a bit of time to stretch out on the show. Yeah, um, they did because... Um, Vader does go up for a moonsault. Like, it's always been impressive, you know, him going up for a moonsault, especially that one in 97. I think it was where he landed on his feet. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, before that Vader salt as well, dude, Vader was laying in some big elbows to the face of Flair when he was on the floor. Yeah. And I noticed it. He was fucking laying, like, bro, it was like MMA, bro. Like, he was literally <laughs> laying them in heavy, man. I'm like, fuck. Rick was getting battered in this match, bro. Um, yeah, Vader does miss his moonsault. <laughs> Flair covers him. Harley Race climbs to the top, gives him a diving headbutt, misses, hits Vader. Um, and then this is the weird part because it's something you only notice once you see the replay. Yeah, some weird... Flair runs into Vader. Vader sort of knocks him over. But in the, again, you see this in the replay. He you know, starts grabbing... Just the knee. knee. Yeah. But it's it's more subtle than anything Regal did in yeah. the match against Steve The camera completely misses it though. That's yeah. what happened the first time. Like, because I never saw it the first time. No. Because all I saw was them both hit each other and then Flair rolling him up in a really weird pin. And I'm like, how why was he pinning him? If anything, like Flair took the worst of that collision. Like it was fucking weird. And it, yeah, it just, Flair rolls him up. In like in a weird way, like it was weird. <laughs> he rolls him up, and it's a free count, and the place goes nuts. It's you know we've got a new champion, fireworks, confetti, all of that. You know everyone like Vader just seems to disappear into the. Well, he, we see Vader again in a minute, but yeah, you know it's you know, it's it's a big hometown win, and we got a new champion, and. Before we, you know, before we finish, because we're not signing off just yet, Flair pokes his head back out because he just seems to go to the back. He pokes his head back out for a little bit of extra celebration. We 
we sent over to Eric Bischoff in one of the, I think it's obviously the heel locker room, and Vader is just smashing the place up. And dude, but why is there plastic all around the sides of the dressing room? I'm not sure. That was a weird one. It was weird, dude. It was like they were going to have like some fucking Bukaki video film there or something. It's like, what the fuck was that about? Like, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sure where to go from there. It's like, but you saw it. It's like, it's literally like the whole inside of the locker room is covered with like clear plastic. Like, like something's going to happen. It's weird. Oh. Like, they're worried about spillages. It's crazy, man. Like, I, I really wondered, like, what. Why, why that was. It really took me aback. I'm like, fucking what? Why? why? So, we don't get an interview with Vader. He's too busy destroying the, the place. Um, yeah. Cut away with, with Mean Gene, with the Flair family. Uh, Rick's very emotional, you know, as ever. It's, you know, um, we get a couple more baby faces in to talk, talk to with Flair and Sting comes in and says it was amazing. He reminds everyone that he said in 1990 that he was the best champion ever. Like I, yeah, so you know, you, something you do remember from Great American Bash back in 1990. Um, Steamboat comes in and starts kissing his ass as well. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Mean Gene signs us off. And that's it. Yeah, it was... Starcade 93, executive producer Eric Bischoff. That's right. <laughs> but... I mean, it's, it, it was a weird show. It was a, I mean, weird. We went from King of the Ring last week, which was, you know, an absolute great diamond show. in the rough. That was. It was. Like, it was a great show. To this um, very very odd Starcade, which had squash matches and, you know, weird shit. It, it was weird. It was weird. It's like, it's one of these shows where. There was a lot of stuff going behind the scenes. There was a lot of stuff that was uh, was happening there. And, um, you know, obviously they've still got to put on pay-per-views. And sometimes things just don't happen how they should happen. <laughs> and yeah. it was a few weird finishes. There was a few weird things going on in the matches. Because they're human beings, man. They're human beings. And sometimes they're just not on, you know. And sometimes matches don't come out as you think they should. They were preparing for, uh, excuse me, they were preparing for, I'm fucking yawning here. This is how long this week has been, man. Um, you know, they were, they were, they were edging for, it was supposed to be Vader versus Sid. So that everyone's building up for a different kind of thing going on. And then you've got yeah. this whole Ric Flair angle, you know, where he's at home and then he's in the limo with Scheme Gene um, yeah. trying to pimp the, uh, pimp his, his hotline. So yeah, it was it was a really weird pay per view. I mean, it was still quite entertaining. It had yeah. its moments, um, notably Missy Hyatt, Rick Rude. Uh, you know, it, it 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 was good. It was good at times, but it was it was a strange one for me. It was you know, we still enjoy watching them, obviously, but oh, of course, it, you know, it wasn't the great for a tenth anniversary. It was a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> And and that's it. That's our Starcade nineteen ninety three show in the book. Um, next week, We're, next week, we didn't, we, didn't we? we? We yeah, we've got we've got the next two weeks coming up. We've got a UK US 
capitals capital special it's so a, it's, a, it's a combat special yeah it, so next week i've got the vhs here we are doing wwf capital carnage which is a live pay-per-view uh from the uk that was filmed in i think it was filmed in in manchester was it it says no, capital, Car capital carnage of course not gotta be london yeah, it's got London all over it, but knowing them, they probably did it in bloody Manchester. Yeah, or something. Did it in or something like yeah, in cover, yeah, the Sky Dome. Let's yeah. not. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so we've got WWF Capital Carnage, and then the week after that, we've got WCW Capital Combat. Capital Combat, the with notorious the Capital Combat with an extra special guest. Oh, so it's, it's a hell of a guest that is. Oh yeah. Um, so we've got a good we've got a good couple coming up the next couple of weeks. So it's our it's our UK US capital specials that we've got coming up. And before we go, I just you know, Chris, are you ready to remind people where they can find us? If I can remember, I've must lost my little list. So you're watching us on YouTube right now. Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast on YouTube. We are on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Track Grapple Pops, you can check us out there. But we're on Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. We are on every single fucking platform available ever. So there's no excuse. There ain't no excuse, man. Follow, subscribe, like, touch the bell. Um, and guys, we are extremely thankful for all that we've got. The most subscribers in the last week than I think we've had in any lumps um, up to now. So please, if it means we have to get cross with you and tell you, do it now. Touch the bell. Don't touch wait till bell. later. Touch the bell. You no, know, give it a dusty roads, you know, bionic elbow. Do what you, you know got what I'm saying. Do. Hit that bell. Comment, like, subscribe. Tell us if you like it. Tell us if you hate it. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us if you watched the show. That's right. You know, we watched it. We we know what happened. It was, you know, sometimes hilarious, sometimes good, sometimes terrible. That's right. And do watch these these shows because we do watch some obscure ones. We watch some really, you know, famous ones. We watch ones that people don't really watch. Yeah, you know, like even ones, this yeah. You know, WWF Capital Carnage, this is going to be a really good one because the, I mean, it's, we're not, I'm not going to say it now, but it's got a great card and it's just. And the UK it, crowd. It's, and it's a UK crowd, you know, so, and, and it's from 19, uh, 1999. So mm. it's in a great era of WWF. You can imagine the stars on there. You've got Stone Cold, you've got Undertaker, Mankind, Kane, The Rock, X Park, New Age Outlaws, you know, mm. Sable. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you you've got like um. Oh, I'm gonna have to apologise to Brock next week, aren't I? It's all good, man. He's fine. He's he's my boy. He's fine. Uh, he, he's um, you know, so that's going to be a great one. But please do watch these pay per views because you know, then you can kind of get a bit more where we're coming from. You know, and maybe you can say, oh, actually, maybe yeah, they were right about that, or oh, they were wrong about that. You know, so yeah, watch these back, man. Watch them back. Uh, we really appreciate everybody joining us on this uh, on this evening. 
and uh, there's not much more we can really say. Right. Is there, um, Jay? Like, that's it. Like, we hope you've enjoyed this. We hope you all enjoy watching Survivor Series, which is, you know, which technically tonight for us, but we'll be been passed. So I'm hoping there'll be something fun to talk about then. Something we'll talk well, about next week. Talking about Survivor Series as well, our first ever episode was the first ever Survivor Series. So, so go back into our archive and watch episode one where myself and JB, we talk about the first ever Survivor Series. Um, and like Jay was saying last week, see how far we've come or if we've got worse. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will end it on a, on a bit of a you know, personal note. You know, these are tough times that everyone's involved in, you know, especially in the UK and in England. You know, it sucks. No one can see anyone. No one can do anything. No one can high five each other. Get, you know, if you do get the time, if you do, or if you are allowed out for a minute, you know, before you start getting hunted down by Boris and his pals, uh, support your local businesses. Tesco's already got too much money. Sainsbury's right. got too much money, you know. They've all got loads of money. Go, go and support your local businesses. The one, the little shops that are around the corner from you. Go and buy from them. You know they need it more. Than, they need it more shout, than Shell or you know, SO do. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah, support your local business yeah. and support your local podcast, which is Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops Podcast. Touch our bells. Do it now. Subscribe, like, comment, and we will be back in a very short while with our next show. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys.